Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The Word is a proud media partner of Latitude Festival 2012. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to www.latitudefestival.co.uk. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. And I began to listen to it and I thought, I've never heard... Brian Wilson speaking in quite this way before. No, Mark Cooper said the same thing. Yeah. He, 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 Mark Cooper said that he was actually very, very focused and in control and full of some kind of enthusiasm. Whatever land, I mean, obviously it all ended in tears, as you know, but yes. what, what, whatever, whatever effect he had on him, a lot of it was actually quite positive. Yeah, know? yeah. Got him moving. Yeah. Well, but uh, this must happen to you, because it even happens to me, my tiny TV experience. You must nowadays get links to stuff on YouTube... Featuring you, interviewing people, and you think, I have no memory of this at all. I don't remember meeting this person. I don't remember. I'm not suggesting there's any. I'm not suggesting there's any kind of untoward reason why that should be the case. But do you find that? I it's don't. like the Paul McCartney album, isn't it? Memory full. Well, yeah. yeah. Do you, do you, do you no, I, I, it does happen to me, and I think it's uh, probably the sheer volume, isn't it, David, of, of sort of various things that one's done over the years. And if you're doing, uh, you know, on radio, maybe two or three sessions a week, then you 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 put the timeline back over 10 years and everything goes into a bit of a blur. And the worst thing, of course, is when somebody comes up to you who's enthusiastically saying, you know, oh, wasn't it great, the fantastic time we had in 1978? And, and you don't remember, do don't you? Remember and I remember anything. There was a, a, um, a, a lady the other day, actually, who came up to me saying exactly that. And she could tell by the expression on my face that, I, I mean, I was looking at her struggling to remember. She got really, really offended by it. And, you know, I was very apologetic that I just couldn't pull it couldn't out of my memory back. But she should surely have seen that you, you have met a lot of people <laughs> over the years. But do you nowadays... No, it's interesting. Do, do you assume, you know, if you kind of look back at the 70s and 80s or whatever, people say, have you met so-and-so? You sort of assume you must have done. Do, do, do you? Yeah. So let, let me try you. OK. Wishbone Ash. Ah, well, Wishbone Ash. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. No, <laughs> Wishbone Ash. We've all met Wishbone Ash. I think a large with <laughs> yeah. me because um, they 
played live on my first ever show oh, on the radio. Perfect. I'd Look seen them. It's three oranges. Yeah. <laughs> Let me try again. Jing, 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 jing. Let me try again. Ducks Deluxe. Ducks Deluxe. <laughs> they were on Harvest, weren't they? And they played Whistle Test. We did loads of sessions for them for Sounds of the 70s. Oh, well, OK. Who else? Vinegar Joe. Alki, and I saw Alki fairly recently. <laughs> oh, let's get, we'll make this a bit harder, shall we? So what is something it? harder. Edgar Broughton Band. Actually, that's not hard, is it? Everyone would have met Edgar Broughton. Edgar Broughton Band, pretty slightly before Bob's time, I think. No, Edgar Broughton were part of the... Uh, they're on Harvest as well, weren't they? They were. They were, they were out were, Demons Out. Yeah, Black Hill Enterprises. Of course. And Black Hill, briefly, when I was involved in the start of Time Out... And oh, we yeah. moved into the, our first office in Princedale Road, number 70, Princedale Road. Whereabouts is that? Uh, it's in Holland Park. All oh, right, OK. And we were in the basement. And it wasn't posh in those days, was it? No, but mind you, there was a little bit of a hub on Princedale Road because Oz Magazine was about four doors down from us. <laughs> and uh, Release, run by Caroline Coon. Of course, Coon, Caroline Coon. That's was, right. was at number 52, oh, I think. Right. So, so it was hippie central. A lot, a lot of loom pants. And we see <laughs> flapping down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Follow the patchouli oil down the, the road. Smell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Follow the smell of incense. And yes. You're led by your nose. Yeah. Um, but we're in the basement at number 70 and uh, Black Hill and Pink Floyd and all of that were at, had the rest of the building above us. So um, uh, that's when I first met Peter Jenner. And of course, Black Hill were very involved in the staging of the Hyde Park Free Festivals. Uh, Roy Harper, Pink Floyd, you yeah, know, yeah. Their, their roster in those days was amazing. Yeah. And I think the Edgar Broughton Band were, <laughs> were part of that roster. <laughs> of course they were. <laughs> they certainly would be. No, it would have been impossible not to have met all these people. Dr. Strangely Strange, you must have met them, I don't know. Ah, now, there you stumped. Oh, no, they really? May yeah. finally, was, yeah. That's Mark's yeah. ace card he always yes. gets out. Yes, bamboozle you. Yes, that's so impressive. But, I, I, Bob, I want to ask you, last, well, not last, what was it, Tuesday, you had that wonderful book launch for Jim Capaldi's book, mm. and it was an extraordinary moment, and I wanted to get your reaction to this. There was, uh, 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 Jim Capaldi wrote the, a lot of lyrics for Traffic, and Steve Winwood, who was there too, actually wrote the music, and... and a group came on, I think, called St. Jude, who I yes. thought were very good, actually. Yeah, they singer, were. I think, called Wendy. I can't remember. I talked to her afterwards. She's a powerhouse, isn't she? Absolutely fantastic. And this girl comes on, Dave. It's fantastic. And she comes on. She's, she looks this, looks like the female equivalent of, of Robert Plant. You know, she's got this great mane, fabulous, leonine mane of hair. And she's throwing herself at this microphone with all the old plant, uh, you know, mannerisms. Yes. And then looks up and discovers that leaning against the bar, of course, in person, is Plant himself. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder Looking she... no longer like he's 23 years. Old no, self, he doesn't. No, no, no. She looked much. Although he's still pretty well. I'm going to say. Gonna say which particular version of Robert Plant does she? Well, that was rather touching, wasn't it? I, I, I wondered what she would have felt. Did you talk to her? I did talk yeah. to her, yeah. and I can tell you exactly how she felt yeah. because um, she hadn't seen Robert. I mean, she knew that he was there. Oh, but, she did. Oh, yes, right. But she hadn't actually seen him yet. And he appeared in her eyeline just before she started the third number. Can you right? she was, you know, the introduction had started. Then really her whole and she was about to sing, and there was Robert. And she said, I forgot what lyrics uh, they were. were. I forgot what key we were, we were in. 
She said, I don't know whether you noticed, but I from then on sort of almost made it up on a la, 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 la basis because everything just went out of my head because there I was going into this song and there, ten yards ahead of me... Of course. ...was Robert Which, I mean, For him, it must happen all the time. But, I mean, <laughs> for her, it's going to be a one-off. <laughs> I no, I thought it was extraordinary. Now, that's, that event was in the uh, Made of Ale, the BBC Made of Ale Studios, which is mm. used for uh, the Peel sessions and all that. And also, yeah. I think, Sound of the Sims. Sound of the Sims, am I right? We did a not? lot of sessions there. Which is where you pretty much your career, or was that was that after Luxembourg? I can't remember what you. Uh, no, that's sort, sort of where I started. Yeah, briefly, yeah, for about a year in oh, seventy five, really? seventy six. Yeah. Well, you went out in the Principality. With the I did a few times. Oh, really? Yeah, that amazing old, you know, square mm. white. You know, I don't know when it was built, the eighteen hundreds or whatever. But I mean, imposing building. It was kind of a bit like. The Luxembourg equivalent of uh, Broadcasting House. Oh, really? Yeah. So you did time there. And who were the other? Who were, the, who were your your uh, comrades in arms at the time? Uh, that, not... Stuart Henry would probably yes, still have been yes, there. Um, Tony Prince there. Your Tony royal Prince ruler. was there. Peter Powell was still there. I think Peter before Powell, I came. Oh, I didn't know he yes. was. Yes, and then um, of course Steve Wright, Mike Johnny Reed. Walker probably. No, I don't Ooh. think Jen. No, no, I don't think Johnny ever did do because he. he came from the Pirates, obviously Pirates, he's on yeah. Caroline, yeah. and he stuck with the Pirates after the Marine Offences yeah. Bill, and then subsequently joined Radio 1 in a kind of rebel image. That's know. right. Uh, she still has, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and last time I saw her, he was wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I did a lot of recording in London, to be honest, right. the, 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 the uh, studios in Curzon Street. Uh, Curzon yeah. Street, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that's right. So anyway, Sounds of the 70s was first time on, on BBC and what, Radio. Who would you have been playing then? What, what kind of stuff? Well, as I say, Wishbone Ash was on the, were on the first programme I did. Excellent. Well, back uh, to the Ash. In fact, I'm very happy. I did, a, I, I did four <laughs> programmes sitting in for John Peel on his holiday relief starting in August 1970. And it had been John who'd sort of helped shepherd me into Radio 1. And, of course, at that time, he and I were very good friends. He was my great mentor yeah, yeah. figure. Yes. Almost everything I thought was was being, you know guided in some way by something John had said. Yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> and the music he was playing. Him, yeah. So when Jeff Griffin, who was his producer on the uh, concert show, concert programme on Radio 1, what they used to do, there used to be a new live concert on Sunday, which used to be repeated on the Wednesday evening on Sounds of the 70s. And Jeff, when John went away on holiday for a month, rather than repeat a repeat, because they repeated the best of on the the four Sundays, and he didn't want to repeat the repeat. So they were looking for something different to do on the Wednesday night. And so um, I'd done a pilot with Jeff, which he'd like. This is really absolutely under John's wing. And Jeff came back to me eventually. I mean, the process took about nearly a year to complete before I got this call from Jeff saying, you know, we'd like you to come in and sit in for John for four weeks through August and September. So my first ever broadcasts on air anywhere were sitting in for my great hero. And and live. And live, yeah. yeah. yeah, Playing what? When were the... So Wishbone Ash were on the first one. Um, Elton John. Yeah. T-Rex. What, Elton John in the studio? Well, or we recorded that made of ale. Yes, yes. And I even remember the uh, he he was with uh, Hookfoot. Hookfoot. Oh, I've seen Hookfoot, Hookfoot in those days. Callum Quay. Callum Quay. Exactly. I saw him at the Reading Festival when I was 15. I think I'm right in saying. Yeah. Is that right? Yes, and I, I actually even remember, I don't know why I remember this, but I do remember the fee on the contract that was signed by Elton's management at the time, John Reed. John Reed. I think it probably was. 
35 pounds. 30, pretty yeah. good money. Bargain. And, which in those days, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five pounds extra for flowers. Yeah. 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 Fruit and flowers. So how, did you, how did you get into doing whistle test? Well, Mike Appleton called me up. I mean, it was as simple as that. Mike Appleton's usual scientific way. Of yeah. Yes. He just phoned me. <laughs> it works. Because... Um, I mean, with you two guys, it was exactly the same, wasn't it? The criteria that the, the governed the choice was Mike was looking Cheap. for... Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. prima donnas. <laughs> Available. Wear own clothes. Was available 24 hours we'll a day. for food. We'll work. Two weeks a year. Anyway. <laughs> and was a journalist. Was a ger- have pencil. That's, that was the key thing. Who could broadcast? Yeah. That was very interesting. Yeah. Not, he didn't want talking heads, didn't want, you know, just straight down the line. Well, I think it was a serious thing. It was to solve any issues over whistle test position within the BBC. And in those days, that people at the BBC would say, why have the BBC got more than one music show? Top of the Pops. You don't need yeah. this thing as well. Because it allowed Mike to have clear blue water between Top of the Pops. Well, he used to test. say it was a magazine program. Was magazine program. Yeah. And we have journalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and exactly we do right. serious investigations. Yes, like yeah. Yeah. Our serious investigators are just saying, uh, in a minute, Tom Pay. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> <laughs> Pretty robust. But that, but that was you. Can you remember doing your first programme? Oh, vividly. <laughs> I really Were you on your own or were you with Richard Williams? Or no, I... Just I, on your own. Well, what had happened was Richard did the first series and I'd, I'd been watching it as a fan. My goodness, you know, I mean, I couldn't believe it when Whistle Test first went on air and I was seeing these great bands that I'd loved, you know, around the London scene for the last sort of five or six years or something, you know, Family, Free, Wishbone, mm. all these great mm. bands. And uh, of course, it was, it was the heyday of prog. So people like Yes and ELP, if not playing live, were featured in mm. some way. But also, and crucially for me anyway, um, the programme was beginning to feature American artists when they came to Britain. Um, and these were people, of course, that otherwise we would never have got to see. Absolutely. I saw Jackson Brown for the first time. Yeah, I watched on, all on these. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, wow, this programme. And then in the middle of it all, out of the blue, I got a call from Mike asking me to come in uh, to chair a discussion on that's right, the that's Night Assemblies Bill. absolutely right. <laughs> do you remember that? Yes. I do. Yeah, that was yeah. your sort of audition. Yeah. It was. Yeah, of course. And yes. he thought you were really good on the town. I remember that. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then said, would you like to come in and do the show? And I said... Yeah, yeah, you know. And try not to look too keen. Yes. <laughs> yes, if you can discuss the Night Assembly's Bill, you can interview Hook. So was it, no was it recorded in those days or was it live? No, it was live. It was live. And was yeah. it done from a tiny continuity studio? Presentation B. Presentation B, more normally used for doing the weather. The weather? Yeah, it's well, the, that's right. Just tiny little places, yeah. about as big as the studio we're in now. If that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. <laughs> Where you were allowed to smoke, which I so vividly oh, remember God. when you'd start doing the programme. Oh, and yeah. uh, you, you could barely see Bob Harris. There'd be a huge... Huge cloud of tobacco smoke. Because uh, <laughs> isn't it wonderful that you were allowed to smoke on the telly? Well, Bob Marley and the Whalers, famously, of course, when they came in to do their session, and it wasn't just tobacco smoke either. No, 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 very but relaxed I mean, camera work. We, yes, it was. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, you, you had to feel for the, the cameramen um, occasionally, and particularly on that session, because within uh, 30 seconds or a minute, did you, do you notice whenever you yeah. see that posted on YouTube, how it, Which it, were the original Bob Marley thing? Yeah, phases in and out of Oh, yes, focus. he does, he does. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. 
It's a brilliant record. I've, I've watched some of those early ones, and they are. I mean, they are. I, I talked to Jules Holland about this recently, and Jules Holland believes that this is archive. Very seriously, this is great historical archive. You know what they're doing on later, and they're building this great bank of yeah. all these performances. And I felt the same about Whistle Test. And I think they probably did keep most of it, but it is now. You look at that that Whalers tape you're talking about is amazing. Well, it's, it's also Tosh, it's got Livingstone, it's it, got the original group. You know, well, amazing. Well, you've got to bear in mind, as compared with later now, so it's a very good yeah. program though it is is that those acts who appear on later will go around the world doing TV. They'll be mm. recorded absolutely everywhere they go. Yes. Yes. Jackson Brown didn't. No. Exactly. <laughs> and Steve and Dan, only Captain Beefheart's magic There was band. nowhere else oh, on telly for them to go. And I think, Bob, you and I were talking about this not long ago when I came to your place and we sat there for the afternoon talking about old records. Is that... <laughs> I can remember sitting at home watching you introducing Ry Cooder or whatever. I think it was Ry Cooder doing Vigilante Man with a, with a bandana. Bandana yes. around oh, yeah. yeah. And you thought, I remember you sat at home watching this thing and thought, for the first time, this person exists. This person is a real human being. There he is moving. Because prior to that, you'd heard the records. You'd very occasionally read something about them. You had nothing to connect them at all. They didn't exist as a real person. Nowadays, you're more likely to see somebody as, as a real person before you hear them playing the music. More. You yeah. know what I mean? You'll see them interviewed before you'll hear them I performing. I saw people on Old Great Whistle Test. It was like going to a festival. I saw them and I didn't know what they looked like. I, I'd heard of them. And I might have heard them on the radio. And you bought their records. And I bought their I still, if they didn't have a picture of themselves on the sleeve, I did not know what they looked like until I turned on the programme. And it was different when they were moving in a TV studio. They were behaving. Often the most interesting stuff was not even them playing. It was just them kind of talking or moving about or being on a stool or whatever. The thing about that at the time was when you you flip the clock back now, just over 40 years, (laughs) and... um, Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) It's just awful, isn't it? Yeah, only Um, 12 when I started, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the technology that existed in those days... I mean, there was no multi-channel television and music, you know, channels that we have today. Uh, you know, the famous Bruce Springsteen song, 57 Channels and Nothing On. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It is incredible, actually, because our daughter Flo, who's 15, uh, flicks around all the sort of Viva and MTV and all these, these channels nowadays, and she'll flick from one to the other. And in a space of flicking through maybe 12 channels, you'll catch a bit of the same video five times. Because, yeah. you know, they've all got such a very tight rotation list these days. But in those days, there were three channels on British television, weren't there? There was BBC One, yeah. there was BBC Two, and there was ITV. ITV. And that, that was it. Yeah. That was your lot. And um, even there, uh, music programmes were few and far Absolutely. between. Yeah. So Whistle Test was, you know... And just going back to what you were saying earlier, David, about the BBC looking at, at, at the fact that there were two programmes and, and do we only need one kind of thing. When Whistle Test first started there was a specific demarcation line uh, that was drawn between Top of the Pops and Whistle Test in that Whistle Test was the album show yeah. and Top of the Pops was the single show. So it was, it was clear that post-Sergeant Pepper, um, there was a demand, uh, there was an in, you know, ever-growing now uh, album-buying market that was emerging uh, and there was a demand, therefore, 
for a program to be covering albums as opposed to just sort of playing yeah, yeah. pop music and singles and all of <laughs> but, that. Yeah, but, so Whistle Test grew out of a strip of shows called Late Night Lineup. Yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah, which were essentially arts programs. as a yeah, cinema show. It was like the Late Show came along 30 yeah. years later and did very similar kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, it, it, far from a, a, at that moment discouraging the idea of two programs, the BBC were encouraging it because yeah. then they're covering this particular market. It's distinct from Top of the Pops. And, of course, the, the, the key thing about that is you did have to have an album released to appear on, yeah, yeah. on Whistle Test. That, that, that was the exam you had to pass. Yes. And, uh, which, which got into trouble. Which, which then subsequently, of course, got the programme into serious trouble. In, in the, the, the advent of punk, when it was all these bands who'd only made singles and, and the... You know, the line was, "Oh, we haven't made an album yet." You can't. That's be right, yeah. and and therefore the pro, they didn't, they weren't qualified as the way of comments. You're not in the six form. Do you think yes. that was a bit of a? <laughs> you see, that was a bit of a millstone, I think, because it was difficult. You, you, I think, gone by that point. You see, you, you, you went, when did you start? Seventy like, it's like being in university, isn't it? Bob was there seventy two. You bought seventy two. Gone up, Dave. I, I, I graduated eighty two. <laughs> yeah. yes. But anyway, Bob, Bob was rusticated. 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 I was a six form. <laughs> yeah. You were arriving in year seven. You're saying yeah. something unpleasant about the New York Dolls. That's right. It was sent off or whatever. You know. <laughs> but the uh, but but it was a bit. I can still remember the producer Mike Appleton being very resistant to punk rock. You know, and uh, the problem for us later was the tube came along and the tube was very fashionable and it had Paula and it was all very crackly and live and, mm. and live audience and. Uh, and he would go, well, we don't... He eventually allowed the adverts on. <laughs> and I said, oh, thank God for that. You know, they had an average record. It wasn't brilliant. Crossing the Red Sea with the adverts. But the point is, they had made an album. Yes, And therefore, exactly. they were allowed on the programme. I, well, so, I don't think the Buzzcocks were allowed on. Cause I, was, I don't know if you found this, Bob, that, that some of the things I look back on at Whistle Test and think, it's just amazing that these things existed. That um, And one of the things... One is that punk rock kind of caught Whistle Test flat-footed was no studio audience. So if you have bands on there who were just... That whole thing is, we're an incitement to riot. Yes. <laughs> and then yeah. you have the final chord, and then you have you or me or Mark or whatever going, well, yeah. oh, that's so-so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Clash. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and now a new yeah. video from the Thompson Group, <laughs> Doctor Doctor. And then you're right. Whereas you can, you can finish Jackson Brown, or yes, like that, because it's, it's a recycle. Kind of thing, isn't it? You know, yeah, whereas, completely. Whereas, you know, a punk rock group was not a recycling. No, it didn't really work. You've been listening to the free feed of the Word podcast. The full album length version is only available to subscribers to the magazine. To sign up and to hear the rest of this podcast, go to www.wordpodcast.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.